Welcome to the HR Happy Hour Show with Steve and Trish. Trish, I am old enough to remember the glory days of the American Mall. I worked in the mall. I hung out in the mall. I imagine you probably spent some time in the mall yourself, Trish. Trish, what is your favorite store in the mall, past or present? Oh, I love this question. It's a tough question because there are so many good good stores that have gone away, or at least I think they've gone away. At least sure. the, I don't go to the mall anymore uh, anyway. But, okay, does a food place count as a store? Yes, it does. Okay. I, okay. I, I'm that's, determining that it does count because I have, that's probably going to be one of my answers too. I was going to say I would have two different answers. So my favorite then would have been the Great American Hot Dog store. And not because I love hot dogs so much, but I I worked in the mall as well. I worked at Nettie's Florist. So I'm my my secret skills are I'm a floral designer and I could always fall back on that. But on breaks I would go to Great American Hot Dog and they had this thing back then called the Chimmy Chili Dog. So it's basically like a a chimmy what we call it chimichanga with a hot dog in the middle. Eat it with salsa. Oh my God. See now I want to like make that. Doesn't that sound Do great? It. it sounds great and gross all at the same time. But anyway. That's yeah. a great answer. What's yours? What's your favorite So store? I did also work in the mall. I worked my, I think this was my very first kind of official job, like where okay. I got a paycheck, not, you know, not a shoveling snow kind of job. I worked at the Nature's Food Center, which was kind of, um, oh. kind of like a ripoff of GNC, I guess mm-hmm. for, for, for the most part. It was, a, it was a health food store. We sold vitamins and supplements and health foods and Learned a lot in that, in that store. But uh, yeah, for me, I'm going to go with, I might go with the Auntie Anne's pretzel store. Still there too in the mall, if you, if you find your way back over there. Right. I feel like almost every mall trip, even today, still you might need to swing by and get the, get the soft pretzel, maybe a little cheese dip with it, nice lemonade. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go with Auntie Anne uh, on this one. So with, here's another random thing, which I, I think maybe I am a, a closet hot dog lover um because when i go to auntie ann's which is not often but when i go i get the little auntie ann pretzel wrapped around a hot dog oh the pretzel dog what's wrong with me who knew i like hot dogs so much yeah and i'll give a i'll give a runner-up to the radio shack (laughs) you know where like i wanted your phone number in your zip code in order to just buy like a battery you know they wanted to know a lot about oh did they you checked out the radio shack so all right good well that's good uh, we're, we're, the mall, hopefully some of them are going to survive uh, pandemic and whatnot, know. but, uh, uh, and reopening and all that. So uh, Trish, this is the happy hour show. We had a good show today. Uh, we want to thank our sponsors, of course, Paychecks and Work Human. Thanks to them uh, for supporting the show. We are talking all about nuts and bolts HR today. We're going to talk about I-9s, E-Verify, onboarding employees remotely, et cetera. Our guest today is Jason Fry. He's the EVP Employer Solutions at Equifax Workforce Solutions. Jason has over 15 years experience in workforce compliance and regulatory enforcement. His expertise extends across the full spectrum of the HR lifecycle from onboarding to offboarding. At Equifax Workforce Solutions, his primary role is to help align the product portfolio with customer needs and market opportunities to bring relevant technologies and data insights to the HR marketplace. Jason, welcome to the HR Happy Hour Show. How are you? And tell us about your time at the mall. Thanks, Steve. Thanks, Trish. 
All is well, and I'll probably arc a little bit more nostalgic when I talk about my favorite places in the mall. <laughs> uh, mine may actually be a little bit more regional, too. So Rich's used to be a department store that was in the mall. Okay. And it's nostalgic because they also had a flagship store in Atlanta where they ran something called the Pink Pig. And it was a ride <laughs> oh. on the top of the building where you could actually get into cars that were shaped like pigs and ride on the top of the building and see the other buildings in downtown. <laughs> and for a kid, it's wonderfully exciting to get to see that. So Rich's was bought up by Macy's, and now Macy's has the Pink Pig at one of their locations in Atlanta. And I've got to tell you, as a child, I fit into the Pink Pig quite wonderfully. As an adult, <laughs> it's a different experience. Not so much, huh? <laughs> right? Oh my goodness. So That's I'm great. looking it up. This thing is amazing. It's like, I'm just saying it was, it was so much fun. But nice. I, can I tell you the very first picture that, that pops up on Google, everybody, please go Google this. This is so funny. Um, it, it's a little child, like in this window, but it's like got a, a grate across it. Like, like he's in jail. He's like, he's like, he looks very unhappy in the pink pig, but all the other pictures, everyone looks to be having a great time. So, yeah, yeah. And since we're Googling pictures, that would kind of probably be my next favorite store, which no longer exists, but glamour shots and not necessarily oh. because it was glamour <laughs> shots, but much more because it's so much fun to Google glamour shots <laughs> in your name right now, oh, because while right. people thought it was fantastic and that they looked their absolute best in retrospect, it's oh, a lot more fun to see. Nice. Oh, good stuff. I have All to right. admit, I, I will, um, I, when this comes out, I will dig it up. I will tweet out one of my glamour shots. It is, let me just say, I have the biggest blonde 80s hair you've ever seen. I think it was like 89 or 90 maybe. And it looks like a lion's mane. It is like fully around my entire head. So yeah, glamour shots is awesome. Well, Thank you, Jason. And you can learn more about this on our other podcast, uh, Retail Today, which we'll be recording uh, <laughs> later on. Uh, let's talk about HR and what's happening. Trish, I know this is one of your favorite subjects to I get into it. some of this compliance-related stuff. Um, and I always learn a lot, too. The last briefing we had with Equifax, I felt like was a refresher course for me in some of these processes, which honestly I hadn't, hadn't thought about in a while. But Jason, maybe you want to give us a little overview of what's been going on on sort of the compliance side and the regulatory side in light of, uh, you know, what's going, what's pandemic, et cetera. And, and maybe we'll talk a little bit about what's happening with I-9s and maybe some E-Verify updates too that people need to know about. Sure. And honestly, we'll start kind of where we were at the beginning of the year. So as we looked out to 2020, we thought that the biggest thing that we'd be talking about when we think about worksite enforcement and I-9, Form I-9 compliance would be they're putting out a new Form I-9. So every once in a while, the federal government will put out a new version of 499. So we thought, you know what, we're going to get a new version because the old one's expired, and that's what we're going to be talking about in 2020. Turns out that wasn't the biggest thing we'd be talking about in 2020, but it did happen. Mm -hmm. So the first thing that we'd like to remind everybody about is that there is a new copy of the 499, a new version. And it's important for employers because that new version had to be in use May 1st for all new hires, May 1st and after. May 1st, that's so just, could, okay, a month ago even, okay. That's right. And that's why it's important to still remember. So if you aren't currently using the new copy of the form, it's important to go to the website, USCIS website, 
download a copy of that new form so you can be in compliance with the form version. And then the next thing that happened was businesses and the federal government started responding to the global pandemic that is COVID-19. And that required a lot of interesting kind of developments when we're mm -hmm. talking about worksite enforcement and specifically how to handle the Form I-9. So we'll take a little bit of a step back and talk about the form itself. The Form I-9 is an employer's responsibility to fill out, and it is their validation that the employee is who they say they are and that they're eligible to work inside the United States at okay. the time that that employer is hiring them. So those two things are done every time somebody hires somebody inside the United States. The wrinkle came in in the second piece, which is proving out their identity and their eligibility to work. Because to do that, the employee has to hand over some documents that shows their, who they are and shows that they're eligible to work. And that has to be done in person. So the employee has to hand over hard copies of the document to the employer or the employer's representative. And then the employer has to look at the documents, touch and fill them, make sure that they look like they're good, true, accurate, and pertain to the person that's sitting in front of them. So that's where it became a lot of an issue once businesses started shutting down, but didn't stop hiring employees. So to make it easier and to respond to where we are as a nation today, the federal government is allowing virtual completion of that section two. Mm -hmm. So instead of having to do that piece in person, they're allowing employers to do that, that piece virtually. I was just going to say, Jason, I just kind of want to take it a little a little generic too in terms of you know why is it that it seems like you know i9s are just something that you know leaders hr has struggled with for years it seems like it should be easy enough right to get the form filled out properly to get the proper identification even in the best of situations right without a global pandemic and hiring during that but do you can you give us a sense of just what what is it that makes that process so complex and maybe just talk a little bit about now that we are in a in a place where we're able to do you know section two remote what are some of the additional complexities that that might um, entail and or how you know what are some strategies for people to maybe not make that so complex yeah and in hr in the hr world really form i9 is the smallest hard form that there really is and it's because it's not a terribly long form. It doesn't ask for terribly in-depth information, but it's a two, three page form that has over 900 pages of rules, regulations, and instructions behind <laughs> really? it. Really? Oh my gosh. That, now so that's here's where the fun shocking. part comes in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so when you count up all of the instructions that come with the form, the M274 that oversees the form, all of the websites, all of the frequently asked questions, all of the individual pieces of information that come out for the federal government, all of the hearings and cases that are pertained to Form I-9, it becomes quite a complex issue to fill out a fairly simple form. And that's because it's not always easy to understand both the document combinations that you're using for Section 2 completion, mm -hmm. so to prove out who they are and that they're eligible to work, because not everybody brings the same documents and the employer can't require someone to bring the same set of documents or a certain set of documents because it's the employee's choice. Mm 
So the employer really has to be able to be understand what each of those different documents look like and then look to see if they are good, true, accurate, and pertain to the person that stands in front of them. So that's where it becomes really complex. And it's not always easy to understand which numbers would go in which lines. If you're making a correction to the form, how to appropriately make a correction to the form. If you're dealing with dates and time periods, what do those dates and time periods mean? And there are several organizations at the federal level that have jurisdiction to oversee Form I-9. So in addition to ICE, who most employers understand do enforcement and will audit your Form I-9, there's also a unit inside the Department of Justice that looks for equal production type activities with Form I-9 to make sure that you aren't violating the anti-discrimination clauses inside the legislation. So in addition to all of the information on how to fill it out and do it correctly and handle each case that may come out in front of you, you know there's also several different um, agencies at the government level that are going to either audit you or come behind to make sure you did it correctly. Yeah, it's very intimidating. I can tell you just every job I've ever had in HR, it was always we were so, so careful with I-9 completion, with any corrections, as you mentioned, that was always very stressful. And I think if you talk to probably any HR practitioner out there, at some point in their career, there's been like some, you know, mishap or, you know, they've got like some horror story probably um, as, as to what has happened. I remember we had a woman in our HR department at one company where she thought that after three years, you could just destroy I-9s and other paperwork. And she destroyed all of our I-9s for all the employees. <laughs> so yeah, it was not pretty. We had to fix it. I learned really quickly how you fix that. But yeah, I think it's, uh, it's really challenging though. And it, you know, um, can you talk a little bit about, because one of the things, you know, um, that Equifax does is you really do help make that process easier. Can you maybe talk a little bit about how, how you're doing that? What type of advice you're, you're giving? What type of solutions you're having that sort of aid in that process to alleviate some of that stress and anxiety around completion and storage and whatnot? Yeah, and you're absolutely 100% correct. Ask anybody, and they have got a horror story or a war story around 4 my 9 completion. So I'm not surprised that you have one too. But, <laughs> you know, honestly, when you think about why do people get into HR, why do people want to be inside HR, if you ask people, why did you choose HR, after they say, you don't choose HR, HR chooses you, they will tell you, that it was because they wanted to become form compliance experts and read all <laughs> kinds of legislation. Of exactly. course they won't tell you that because they're in human resources because they like humans, not necessarily because they like paper and documents. So it's what we've really tried to do is create a process, tools and software that help employers and employees walk through what can be both a very intimidating process because we're asking for a lot of very personal information from the employee and a cumbersome process because the employer has all those rules, regulations that they have to remember and to meet them kind of where they are in the marketplace, but also understand that they're human. And most humans don't necessarily think of federal government forms as something that they are going to spend a lot of time on. So we try to make the process as easy as possible while keeping both the employee and employer compliant. 
and helping to ensure that they are following all the rules and regulations that are out there around Form I-9. So we talk about software a bit, but Trish, to your war story, somebody came in, got rid of all the Form I-9, Forms I-9 because they thought that they could purge them. So purging is yet another process that happens around Form I-9. So even if you complete it correctly, you've got them all, somebody happens to walk in and throw all that paper away, what do you do? And that is a problem with having all of these Forms I-9 on paper. So what we really like to talk about is the ability to create that Form I-9 in an electronic process, which, ta which takes out that paper storage mechanism piece, but also allows us to put in rules and guidelines behind the scenes that help you not make mistakes and help you understand the right way to fill out the form, to do it correctly, to do it on time, and to do it that way every time. So you talked a little bit about the purging rules too. One unique thing that um, Equifax Workforce Solutions has in the marketplace is the ability to monitor both the purging rules and re-verification rules. So if an employee provides a document for their ability to work that has an expiration date on it, then at that expiration date, you have to re-verify that an employee is still eligible to work inside the United States. But to do that, you have to create a tickler system that says, hey, warning, this person's document's about to expire. But inside an automated solutions like the one that Equifax Workforce Solutions offers, we're able to set out 180, 90 day tickler notices that can go out to both the employee and the employer, letting them know that that document is about to expire and that they have a task to do. And that's really a key that we've started working on internally is making everything task and role based. So it's both easy to understand, easy to follow, and intuitive for the user. The ability for us to be able to show that that re-verification still needs to be done is really built around our compliance engine. So we use the work number, which is an employment and income database that Equifax Workforce Solutions also has, but it really drives all of our reporting and compliance in the marketplace. So we know that that employee is still on payroll or employed by that employer, which lets us know that that I-9 needs to be re-verified, but we'll also see if that employee is no longer there, which means the employer won't have to re-verify it. So we're able to take those out of queue so it won't be that extra step that the employer needs to go in and look at for an employee that's already left. That database also runs all the purge rules. So unlike your friend, Trish, who threw away all the I-9s, Inside the database, it systemically is able to d see which I-9s need to be purged and automatically purge them out of the system based off of the hire and term dates that we have inside the work number database. So we're really able to provide not just a compliance solution to our employer clients, but also the ability to back it up with real compliance metrics and workflows that make sense, like I said, both for the employer and for the employee. Jason, you talked about re-verification and, and tickler system to send out notices, et cetera, for, for documents that might expire. Has that become more of a problem in light of the pandemic? And I'm thinking of things like driver's licenses were not able to renew. I think the passport, the State Department stopped processing passport renewals as well for a while. Maybe they still have, have not started that again. Uh, are, are employers running into more issues like that or new employees potentially? And, and if so, what can, if anything, can be done about that? Sometimes in kind of that lens of re-verification, but 
not necessarily for something like a U.S. citizen. So if you have a passport, that is what's considered a list A document, which shows your identity and your ability to work inside the U.S. because it's got a picture, tells you who you are, tells the employer who you are, and it also shows that you're a U.S. citizen, so you're able to work inside the U.S. Um, so the other thing that comes along with Form I-9 is a list of acceptable documents. So in that Section 2 process, when we talk about having to prove out who they are and that they're able to work in the U.S., the federal government has outlined documents that an employee can show that fulfills that requirement. So employees that are U.S. citizens that may show your passport or something like a driver's license or something like a Social Security card, those won't have to be re-verified. Mm -hmm. Really where re-verification come in is with foreign-based workers who are coming in and their passports may expire from their issuing country or their ability to work inside the U.S may have a termination date, which would then need to be re-verified with some type of new document showing they're eligible to work. But if, let's say, you've got a brand new employee that's starting, and that employee is coming into work, has a list A document, it's a passport, and it's expired, or let's talk a little bit more about list B documents, which is where we get into driver's license and state-issued photo ID cards, that's really where the fun part comes in. Because, because of where we are today, the federal government has also issued guidelines around what happens when those documents may expire. So a lot of state departments of motor vehicle have either closed or working limited hours, not issuing new IDs. So if an employee has one that has expired and they're bringing it in because it should be a list B document, the federal government issued some guidelines saying how to handle that. So the first piece that came out was information saying that if the state DMV had automatically extended the expiration date of that driver's license or photo ID card, then the employer could still accept that as a valid list B document and not have to re-verify it. So if your state has said, if your driver's license expired in April of 2020, we're going to automatically extend them all out until September of 2020 come back sometime between then and get your driver's license up, kind of renewed or updated. Mm -hmm. If an employee comes in in a state where they've automatically extended that expiration date, then the employer can take that as a valid list B document and there's nothing else they have to do. So that was great guidance that came in from the states, I mean, from the federal government about the states. Here's the other wrinkle though. Employers then become responsible for understanding if the Department of Motor Vehicles automatically extended, if they were shut down, what that looked like, and need to document that when they're filling out Form I-9. So then, the federal government issued a new piece of update to that rule, saying that if the Department of Motor Vehicles at the state level had not shut down and automatically extended all those driver's license or photo ID cards, then the employer could take it as a receipt, but then would need to follow back up after the employee or those departments of motor vehicle came back online, the employee got a new copy of their driver's license or photo ID card, and then retake or relook at that document once the employee got it updated. So you can see how that two-page form, mm -hmm. three-page form with Section 3 comes, it can be very difficult just because of those two things.
Jason, thanks uh, for that. Uh, I think at this point, uh, we want to mention, uh, you mentioned uh, people, humans don't get into HR to track forms. Uh, they do it because they, uh, they appreciate other humans. And uh, I think we should uh, take a, a second to thank uh, one of our sponsors, uh, WorkHuman. Um, this episode of the HR Happy Hour is made possible by WorkHuman, who have now introduced Mood Tracker, a free modern voice of the employee tool built by data scientists, making it fast, easy, and actionable to get to the heart of organizational issues. And you can learn more at workhuman.com slash mood tracker. Uh, many thanks to them. We'd also like to thank uh, Paychex. Uh, this, H this episode of the HR Happy Hour is also sponsored by Paychex, one of the leading providers of HR, payroll, retirement, and insurance solutions for businesses of all sizes. Paychex also hosts podcasts that our audience may find interesting. The HR Leadership Series provides insights around the latest trends in our profession, and it features a variety of expert guests and influencers, including both of us. Trish and I were on the show. The Business Series features conversations with business owners and paychecks experts around the issues of the day, including the challenges businesses are facing during the current pandemic. You can listen and subscribe at paychecks.com slash podcast, or look for them on your favorite podcast platform. So thanks to them as well. Ooh, Trish, this is hardcore HR. This is like, we're right in your wheelhouse today. We are. You know what, though? I really love it because it's so helpful. And I think especially now, um, you know, Jason, as you were talking about just some of the, the most recent legislation that was actually meant to be helpful, right? And then as you kind of demonstrated that, that aspects of it then certainly put more onto the employers to sort of figure things out. It's like, in a weird way, it's like, these are the very things that you don't want to have be overly complex and complicated when companies and, and their individual employees are dealing with, you know, being sick or losing loved ones or just things that are so much more serious. Um, you know, and at the time that we're recording this, there's just, you know, social unrest and, and rioting, just lots of other things going on in the world other than, right, worrying about your, your I-9 completion compliance. So I, you know, I do, um, as someone who, who was an Equifax customer for really my entire um, career in HR, I do think that there's huge value. And I think other people will as well, just to have having a partner that actually guides you through some of those complexities, because it's, it's nearly impossible to stay up on all of the compliance aspects of an organization, I think. And, um, and so I'm, I'm just grateful. Honestly, I feel like every conversation I learn something new when we speak with you all um, because of that. Can you maybe, I know we've, we were talking about I-9 specifically. Um, can you maybe talk a little minute about just, are there any other things? I know you all have so much going on uh, that's, that's sort of new and exciting at Equifax, but are there any other things that people really need to be kind of aware of during this time of, of you know, panic and, and pandemic and unrest and things like that. What else can, can they be looking to Equifax for in terms of just helping them through um, being kind of that sound, safe and secure partner to them? Yeah, and so we talked a little bit about the virtual completion of Form I-9. I, I do want to address that for just a second before we talk about some of the other things that we have in the marketplace going to help employers. It's kind of where we're sitting today. Sure. So if an employer uses that virtual completion method or takes kind of a copy through the mail or a fax or sees um, that employee through Skype, it's important for the employer to understand that within three days of either the 
orders being lifted or it's kind of that extension being granted from USCIS or Department of Homeland Security or within three days of them going back to work, so the individual employer opening their businesses back up, they still have to do the in-person inspection of those Form uh, 9 Section 2 documents. So even though they completed it virtually, noted it right in the additional information box on, on the Form 9 they still have to do that in-person manual check of those documents and then sign the information and then update saying that they had shown them those documents. So it's just important for employers to understand that that virtual process is not a one stop. There is a second piece if you go into that. And that's one of the other things that we can talk about where Equifax is sitting in the marketplace in a unique spot to help employers with our remote I-9 solution. So anytime that an employer needs that manual verification but may not be able to do it, let's say the employee is in another city or they are shut down and that employee still needs to do that section two verification. Our I-9 Anywhere product allows them to use a virtual a network of local area train completers to complete that section two on the employer's behalf. So it's a really great way for employers to complete section two. And honestly, we built it with the employee in mind. So it's a good experience for the employee and a great way to stay compliant for the employer. So some other things that we have in the marketplace, um, I mentioned the work number database a bit earlier, but the work number is an employment and income verification tool that our employer contributors provide information for, but it really allows the employees faster access to a lot of things like loans, ability to rent properties and more, or apartments, ability to buy and get cars because we provide those automated income and employment verifications on the employer's behalf. So it speeds that process up because they are done in real time and automatically through the systems. So the employee doesn't have to wait for the employer to respond to some type of income or verification request. It also helps governments as they're looking at social services to make sure that employees get the social services that they need in a timely fashion. So again, they're not waiting for the employer to respond to a request. They're all automated coming in direct to our systems and checking those online. So it speeds up that time both to obtain financing, but also to obtain social services that the employees may need, especially in the time periods that we're living in right now. We also have um, a lot of automated onboarding products outside of the I-9 form. So state and local forms that an employee may need to either sign or acknowledge. And it really does help the employer stay compliant in what can be a very complex area, depending on where you're being hired, where those employees are going to work, and what the local rules, state rules and legislation look like around that employment experience. So in addition to the Form I-9, we've got an onboarding suite of products that can both host employer documents, things that an employer would want the employee to see, like handbooks and things like that, but also notices that an employee would need to get when they start work. All, of course, built the same way with the employee in mind to make sure that it is easy to understand, quick to navigate, and provides the necessary information for both the employee and the employer. Jason, one just one last question, I think, from me, and this is maybe slightly more forward-looking, uh, or maybe just a question of how you guys 
think about what may be coming next, if that's possible. And what are some of the things that um, in the areas uh, that we've talked about with compliance, with I-9s, with more remote workers, et cetera, where do you sense things are going? Like in, in terms of, uh, will, will there be additional, you know, changes in regulations? Will these temporary kind of uh, uh, orders expire? And then what happens? Like, what do you kind of see the next 6, 12, 18 months, uh, you know, in the areas that you work most closely with? So I think that we'll probably see the specific regulations and information that came out for the federal government extending out some of those timelines around Form I-9 expire as um, the states in the country start going back to work. And that'll bring a new level of complexity because we'll be dealing with forms that were completed in a different time, forms that are now completed against what were the old rules. And we'll also see another round of notices of inspection going out from ICE. They're planning a second round in the fall of this year mm. that'll go between 3,000 and 4,000 employers, and those are still planned to go out. So we'll see additional information coming out from ICE on enforcement actions. I think we'll also see new rounds of state-level forms in response to what we're seeing with COVID right now. So additional forms on sick leave, on pay, pay equity, additional sets of forms being issued by the states so employees understand both what their employment looks like but also their rights around employment. So I think we'll see additional forms being required at the state level and when we say required it means one of two things. Either you show the form to the employee or the employee has to sign or acknowledge that they saw the form and that again is something that's not easy to keep up with especially mm -hmm. if you've got employees in several different states. I think we'll also see some complexity around separation notices and what do those separation notices look like as we've seen more and more employee former employees employees in different situations filing for unemployment insurance i think we'll see states issuing more separation notices and they're all different the same way the employment notices are so each state will have a different format and a different set of requirements again adding to the complexity especially if you're hiring multi-jurisdiction I think what we're seeing too is a real need in the marketplace for smaller employers. So while the solutions that we talk about fit large employers or enterprise type employers well, um, smaller employers don't always have access to the same level of technology and compliance assists that those larger employers do. So from a workforce solutions standpoint, in October of this year, we'll be launching a direct to small business I-9 compliance solution that will bring all those benefits that we talked about for larger employers to smaller employers or employers who may hire 5, 10, maybe 15 employees a year and give them the same access to the tools that larger employers have had for several years. I think that's so great. I think that's just such an area where maybe small businesses have really just felt like they didn't have that support in the past. So just having, you know, having those uh, access to the same type of solutions, I think is it's going to be amazing for them. Yeah, and we've seen a real need because, like we all know, large employers provide a lot of employment, but really small employers are kind of that engine that drives a lot of the economy because mm -hmm. they hire so many people a year. So it'll give those employers who fit kind of that category 
access to, like I said, the same compliance solutions that larger employers have had for years. In a world where it's even more important for a small employer to have access, because large employers have entire parts of their organization that are responsible for compliance, for 4 by 9 they have dedicated HR representatives at most locations, or at least that handle several locations. Small employers don't. Small employers wear all the hats at one time. So having those tools available will really help give them peace of mind that this very important piece of the onboarding process is handled, handled correctly and handled on time. Jason, great stuff. Uh, Trish, I, you, I would have, the thing that blew me away in this whole conversation was the, the, the three-page document or the three-page form and then, then the, the reams of pages of instructions for it. Oh, my God. Oh. Like, that's my, you know, that's my blown away moment in this conversation today. Yeah, I agree. I, had, I didn't realize it was that, <laughs> that long, but um, no, it, it just, it really highlights, you know, why it is not only complex, but why it's important to get it right. You know, there are many ways we can, um, can get it wrong. And it's, it's really there for an important reason, right? To make sure that people really are who they say they are and that they are eligible for working in the United States. And um, so yes, having, having that be a more simple and direct sort of process and then having tools and resources to do that with remote workers, um, obviously will make it you know, make it easier for your business yeah. to not worry about that aspect of compliance. It's exactly right. And this is that classic example, right, Trish, if having the right partner and the right technology solutions, so you don't have to worry so much about this and you can do the mm -hmm. real, the real work that we all say we want to do all the time, right, in HR. So, so it's a perfect example here. Exactly. All right, Trish, I think we should probably leave it there. Jason, thank you so much for uh, being a part of the show and telling us your uh, stories from the mall. Thank you. And thank you for the opportunity. Yeah, our pleasure. Great stuff. We will share out some uh, links to some of the things Jason talked about when we post the show at Equifax Workforce Solutions. And also, Trish, we must thank one more time our friends at WorkHuman and at Paychex for all of their support and many thanks to them. Absolutely. No, they're both doing great things. And um, I'm, I, like I said last time, I was excited to get Mood Tracker myself. Um, that's available right now for anyone wanting to uh, try that for free. And to look at sentiment in your workplace. And then of course, paychecks, their, their um, solution is, is just outstanding anyway, but obviously all the work they've been putting into COVID and the resources there, um, especially for small businesses, which we you know, just stated, it's so important right now mm -hmm. for small businesses to have access to similar resources as the, um, the large enterprise organizations. So yeah, they're doing great things at paychecks yeah. as well. Great partners to work with. So, okay. I think we'll wrap here. Thank you again, Jason, uh, uh, for joining us. Uh, for Trish McFarland, my name is Steve Bose. Thank you so much for listening to the HR Happy Hour Show. We will see you next time, and bye for now. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.